Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4144 of The Bugle, audio newspaper for a pestilent world. I <laughs> am Zaltor, all-curing god of health. Sadly, I'm on a badly timed sabbatical. Uh, I've spent the last couple of decades in the all-too-human form of Andy Zaltzman. Uh, I'm in London, where danger stalks on every street. Not danger, kebabs. Sorry, different kind of danger. <laughs> the, uh, the virus has not shut down the bugle. Nor this recording studio here at something else with its uh, super hygienic virus-proof microphones. <laughs> uh, they're totally safe, aren't they, Chris? I mean, there's no way you could possibly transmit a virus through one of these things that has hundreds of different people talking into it every week. Yes. A, They've deliberately put a porous coating on top just well, to absorb and trap the most... Well, exactly, because the, the foam bit of the microphone acts like a maze for viruses. <laughs> viruses, as we know, they love to try and solve a puzzle. That's why they keep <laughs> mutating and, and they're very clever. A clever species, the virus. Anyway, they get a bit, bit excited by the foam you've got on microphones and they think, oh, this is a hell of a lot more fun than a nasal cavity. And then they get lost and, and trapped deep within the... Uh, within the maze of the microphone. Then they disappear into the microphone itself, where they eventually uh, degrade and are transformed into commercial radio jingles. <laughs> um, You're making me think that the virus is like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. It is. It's in very many mu- ways. It's very much like that. Um, joining me in this still uncancelled recording, one of the few things that is still happening in this universe. Actually, I'm just hearing that tomorrow afternoon has been cancelled. On uh, <laughs> health and safety grounds. Going to strip, uh, skip straight from morning to evening. So at midday tomorrow, um, things will just move to 6.30pm. Uh, joining me right now, new guest on the Bugle, former world chess champion Anatoly Kopp. Oh, no, he's, he's been cancelled as well. <laughs> just one week. It's the Brazilian football legend Garinch. Oh, no, he died several decades ago. Bench time. Uh, into the breach at emergency short notice. Alice Fraser and Tiff Stevenson. Hello. Hi. Hi. Has um has the world been cancelled because it's problematic? It does <laughs> seem that way. It's just, it, the planet has been struggling for a while, and I think it's probably the best for everyone if it just you know, takes a ten year sabbatical. Frankly, maybe this is the opportunity we've been waiting for. Because really, I don't think the planet's caught up with stuff since basically, you know the day that God took off at the end of creation all those years ago 6,000 odd years ago now This is the new dinosaurs dying <laughs> well, Thanks for bringing me in at last notice I was going to spend the morning writing uh, jokes for this hilarious podcast but unfortunately I was working up with the news that the Melbourne International Comedy Festival is cancelled so my, my plans are in chaos I have to decide whether I, you know, I have to project whether the world is going to descend into absolute chaos, in which case I should go back to Australia and be with my family, or whether it's only going to descend into moderate chaos, in which case I can sort of hang out in London and take pot shots at scavengers from my window. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I'm supposed to be going to America, but uh, Broadway's gone dark, guys. Let's talk about the real issues. Broadway's gone dark. Uh, and then I was going to go on to LA, where they've cancelled gatherings of over 50 people uh, what's really great is seeing comedians who, originally it was 250 so what we've been seeing is a lot of American comedians showing off that they sell out 250 plus rooms by going guys my show's not happening but the show's in the smaller rooms <laughs> so if there's still a way to make this whole thing about ego we will find it <laughs> I mean they shouldn't bother cancelling gatherings of more than 50 people they should bother cancelling gatherings of people over 50 
Right. Given that those are the highest risk demographics, <laughs> you know, it should be old people should isolate themselves. They don't have problems with loneliness at all. We we can just push them into the fringes of society where they belong. <laughs> my my parents who are both in their seventies just went out and ate at a restaurant yesterday like they give zero. F- Right. And I, I think my plan later on this afternoon is to spend an hour teaching them how to do uh, online food shop or order, right. how to order food online, after which I normally need about three hours of therapy when I do IT support <laughs> with my parents because <laughs> um, it is whew, painful. Just uh, don't tell your mum about online porn. That's a... <laughs> deep well she won't come out of. I mean, we've had many uh, wise pieces of advice on the bugle over the years, but maybe nothing quite as insightful and sagacious as that, Alice. Um, Family shows, we keep saying. Um, uh, As always, um, we will get more onto the the virus uh, um, later in the show. As always, uh, some sections of the bugle are going straight in the bin. Uh, along with basically the entire world this week. Um, I mean, this is very difficult. Alice, you you had the news that the Melbourne Festival has been cancelled. Just whilst I was on the tube on the way here, England's cricket tour of Sri Lanka has been called off. Devastating. Um, I mean, uh, the thing is... You're allowed to do a full screen for a minute if you want. I'm doing that on the inside, Tiff. I thought I'd managed to restrain myself quite a fair... I mean, I've been doing that for the better the last 15 years. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the um, uh, pretty much since John went to America, actually. For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, there's got. I mean, there has to be. Uh, I think the key is, as a sports fan, the Formula One season suspended until May. That will make no difference to me. I'll just go and watch the traffic and outside. Imagine it going a lot quicker. Um, <laughs> oh, football's <laughs> off. Football, even ice hockey, the NHL is off. The the British Elite League is off. I, I mean, if if the Streatham Redhawks charge to the national Ice Hockey League South Division gets derailed by this virus. There will be riots on the streets of South London. I'm telling you that for free. Um, Blades at dawn. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be horrific. Um, but the, the problem is, for me, you know, it'd be all very. I could just like sit and watch YouTube videos of sporting events from the past. But I generally know all the results that have ever happened. <laughs> so it's that watching something without knowing what happened that's. Uh, I'm going to miss it. Um, <laughs> the pain of omniscience. You and God, Andy. You and God. Peas in a pod. <laughs> that neither of us really exists. Um, if God is everywhere, that means he watches poo. He's watching us poop, and that means God is a pervert. Sorry. Is he? Only if he's enjoying might, watching us poo. Yeah, he might be a proctologist. <laughs> or, anyway. Um, God uh, if God was. <laughs> um... Uh, in the bin this week. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> what if God was up your butt? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Not sorry enough. <laughs> um, in the bin this week, a travel section, but not any travel section, a thinking about travel section. We give you the lowdown on all the trendiest travel destinations to think about going to, uh, uh, all the hypothetical hotels that you might might be staying in, um, and uh, you know all those wonderful journeys that you could have had were it not for this goddamn virus. And uh, we review Scluton Malvane's new coronavirus pop-up non-brasserie, Nedible, a <laughs> theer restaurant, as Malvane calls it, a non-existent restaurant where for just $120 a head, and of course no service for the non-existent staff, so that saves you a lot, particularly uh, if you're American. Um, uh, for that uh, price 
otherwise you'll receive an email telling you all about the meal that you might have experienced had the restaurant existed. Uh, the decor you could have enjoyed, the wine list you might have perused whilst thinking, how can one bottle cost that much before plumbing for the third cheapest? Not the second, it's a special night out. The, uh, of course, the dazzlingly inventive menu of uh, unthought-of comestible wonders to emerge from the mind of uh, Malvane, the waiting staff that you might have had a surprisingly potent one-evening crush on, and the fist fight you might have had to pick... <laughs> Uh, and the fist fight you might have had with the prick on the table next to yours who sneezed without covering his snoutle area. Um, the star dish uh, and the uh, in the theatre restaurant uh, tonight <laughs> is uh, rampantly cockled aficionado of longustine served on a fresh-counted 12 of sea-marinated seaweed strappled by a gutless alarm of celebrisilariac and phobogene. Um, <laughs> phobogene uh, is for the non-vegan market. It's made of chicken. <laughs> Uh, that section in the bin uh, we are recording this on um, the 13th is it the 13th it is <laughs> we are recording this on the 13th of March which coincidentally is world blame someone else day um, and I think the president of America got in a day uh, day early on that one um, and to mark this blame someone else day we're giving you free bugle scapegoats uh, to blame for anything you like in the world the virus or any other issues including the French uh, literary celebrity Voltaire the Inca civilization, Egyptian cat goddess Bastet, and Pablo Chuckfish, the retired, <laughs> non-existent Mexican wrestler. Uh, also, today is World Sleep Day. It's going very badly for me, actually, um, as evidenced by the fact that I'm talking. Um, and tomorrow, the 14th, is, uh, as we record, Crowdfunding Day and International Ask a Question Day. So the question we ask is, do you want to voluntarily subscribe to the Bugle? In which case, <laughs> two birds with one stone. Go to the Bugle website and click the Donate button. Top story this week. The world is in spluttering meltdown. Um, well, as we've uh, already touched on, it is, uh, it's affecting um, not just ordinary people, but comedians as well. Um, <laughs> And, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that, obviously, we're immune to the virus because, famously, laughter is the best medicine. So we have a natural immunity to all all diseases. But it, it's true that laughter is the best medicine, which explains why the world's biggest pharmaceutical companies have taken out patents on the giggle, the snigger, the guffaw, the cackle, and the wry chuckle. <laughs> and they won't even let people in the world's less amused nations use cheaper generic laughs. Um, <laughs> so these are strange times. I think... What, what I, I found just myself just watching, just feeling sad all week, and just and that's just unusual. Ed, well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just because my distractions are being ripped away from me. But I think it's shown the fragility of everything we base our entire world on: the finances, the distractions, the delusions, the hopes, the assumed certainties, and the basic necessities of existence, like food supplies, medical care, and sports. Um, the whole thing's just been shown to be as <laughs> solid and immovable as an egg in a tumble dryer. The problem, as my dad often says, is that we evolved from fish. So <laughs> our whole yeah, sort of we haven't blamed the fish yet, yeah, have we? So our whole sort of front head area is is moist. It right. has to be moist because we evolved from fish, and right. so we're just carrying around our own little horrible breeding grounds in the front of our heads. Right. What we need is the next step in evolution, right. I think, uh, so that we just become dry and sanitary. <laughs> dry, dry and sanitary. There we go. I mean, that's a good advert for, for Tampax, isn't it? <laughs> I hear the United Kingdom, there's a pe petition currently being debated in Parliament to temporarily change the country's name to the Flu-Nited Kingdom uh, so that people <laughs> in the public can better understand the extent of the virus pandemic uh, the undersecretary for disease timothy hyphen ampersand said 
Quote, there's no problem we British can't solve through the application of weak as piss wordplay. Uh, <laughs> he then listed his favourite song as Billie Eilish's I'm the Bad Guy, uh, but then he plays it while interrupting it loudly by saying, Hi, the bad guy, I'm Dad. <laughs> um, I think what's interesting is we've seen the, the, the reactions around the world and you know, a- political actions that might have been considered a bit suspiciously lefty or too soft for the harsh realities of our great commercial planet or not really economically advantageous, like employment rights, healthcare, free when needed, and <laughs> demanding and expecting social responsibility from big business. They've suddenly become accepted and mainstream, <laughs> almost. <laughs> and and why is that? Because the markets are collectively shitting themselves. So it's this, this kind of ironic circle of economic necessity. We've been pushed into leftyism by a tiny little virus. <laughs> I think it's nice tiny, that people, tiny. you know, because there's two options here. One is that we all rush out to get the virus as quickly as possible, so it's over and done with in sort of an economically feasible f- time frame. And we haven't chosen to do that. We've just decided to sort of try and protect the weak, weaker members of our society, which I think is great. I think it sort of contradicted my initial impression of people, which is that they, you know when you play a video game and there's non-player characters? I think most people walk around London thinking of everyone else as an NPC. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, someone open mouth sneezed outside Tesco. I was tweeting about this. I saw it from about 30 feet away and we can put in place as as many measures as we like, but what we can't legislate for is... Yes. Um, who are going to just going to open mouth sneeze and not not bother to even cover their face. It's already affecting our lives particularly. We normally begin the Bugle episode with the traditional round of open mouth hand kisses and we've had to dispense with that for today, which I think is terrible. Sometimes we, we might even tongue. Yep. You know, tongues come out. I mean, if this, no one's... This podcast has changed. <laughs> well, you and I, Tiff... No, it often, hasn't. <laughs> you and I, Tiff, will often just whisper secrets into one another's mouths like toddlers. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. basically what podcasts are, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no one is immune from this. Tom Hanks has, 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 has got the yeah. virus. Corona's gone full Hollywood. I like, can't believe. Who's doing its PR? <laughs> I want to get Tom Hanks. That's got to be at least 100 million opening weekend, right? Yeah. I can't believe he's got it, even though he spent that all that time on that island uh, isolated from humanity his only company was his wife slash basketball Miss Rita Wilson <laughs> I mean it, 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 if Tom Hanks can get it anyone can get it likeability is no protection well yeah. when you say that top actors are of course better place than most to ride out the virus because no matter how bad they've got it they can really convincingly pretend that they're fine <laughs> um, you know just act their way out of it so even when they're spluttering their guts out calling for a priest and having flashbacks to the first time they felt betrayed in childhood, <laughs> they can just seem like they're fine. But I mean, it does show that the virus is no respecter of box office and awards season success. Because, you know, if it can get a Hollywood superstar whose films have grossed around $10 billion, that sends a very worrying message to us all. The virus, it seems, attacks celebrities far more rapidly than, for example, the legal system. <laughs> I think... Um, oh, I was just saying, they're in Australia, they're in your your yes. home country, and they're worried that they've spread the virus because, at, um, like, contrary to a lot of very famous people, they seem to be quite genuine and down-to-earth. So he's a very means, licky person. Well, he's he? very licky. He's been, they've, they've actually. How, how do you know? <laughs> she's uh, she's his popsicle. Um, <laughs> but they interact with their fans big time. Uh, accidental pun. But Tom doesn't want to be a lady killer. You know, he's not going. Will catch me if he can. He's cast away in the burbs. It's a real drag. 
net something something Apollo 13. <laughs> oh, that was a big effort. Um, well, well done. Well done. Um, a number of other uh, celebra- well, celebrities, prominent, um, um, prominent people. Um, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, the w- wife of the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. The Arsenal Football Club manager Mikel Arteta. Nadine Dorry is a British government minister. The children's cartoon character Yogi Bear. And <laughs> King Lear, the Shakespearean superculture, uh, contracted the virus after an infected drama student sneezed on a script. So <laughs> no one is... Uh, no one is safe. And as you say on the subject of acting, Broadway has been shut down. So my planned Broadway circus stand-up satirical crossover show, Trapezi Targets, is now <laughs> off. Um, there has been a slight change on that today. Some shows will be allowed to go ahead, but only if they're guaranteed not to draw a crowd. Um, <laughs> I'll so probably be fine as well. The, the following shows are still on. Ferris, the unstoppably shitting dog, the musical. <laughs> Um, Rat Rotica, which is a Broadway transfer for the CD New York Peep Show involving mating rats um, who are wearing lingerie made of cheese. Um, a history of Turkmenistan tennis, a, a stage extravaganza. Just not a lot to build a show around. With all due respect to Jahan Bayramova's ascent to number 568 in the ITF Junior Singles Rankings back in 2014. You're it's a terrible t- person. It's a tough watch. The long, slow death of Big Bird. Uh, oh. Truly harrowing for... Uh, everyone, particularly Sesame Street fans. And uh, Snakes in a Theatre, the theatrical follow-up to the hit Samuel L. Jackson movie Snakes on a Plane, which has really struggled at the box office, described by one unhappy punter as way too realistic. Um, <laughs> those shows. Still, tra- travel's been banned. So we had Donald Trump banning travel from EU member states, excluding the Republic of Ireland, and also excluding recent EU member states, the United Kingdom, on the grounds that no one knows uh, on the grounds that he has golf courses on them there we go so yeah. that on those grounds on the grounds um, that he has grounds there on the grounds <laughs> of his grounds yeah I mean I, in his speech he sounded vaguely reasonable or ill I don't know which maybe both or maybe I've gone crazy at this point but he seemed to um, he seemed to kind of be quite calm and reasonable laying out the plans for what they were going to do and that's I think you know, look, he's the president, so he's going to speak on it. But here, we're just getting everyone pop up. We've got Farage popping up on Newsnight, like giving his opinion on Corona, which in many ways is suitable because he is the physical embodiment, <laughs> ugly, parasitic, <laughs> obsessed, not just with self-isolating, on but isolating <laughs> an entire nation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on a bus. Um, but like, what that that those are the people I just don't need the takes from. You know, the Facebook like post that's like a friend of a friend who works in a hospital that knows your uncle bill F- bill <laughs> and his opinions stop trying to panic me um well uh, trump did, did seem to attempt to calm a worried uncertain nation and um in doing so as you might expect from a cannibal in a care home uh, sparks <laughs> widespread panic and uh, uh, and stock stock market mayhem and the, the stock markets i mean it, it's very hard really to to understand as a non-economist despite the fact that i'm a published economist of course. <laughs> um, the, sto- <laughs> the funny thing is andy you are <laughs> the, stock, the stock market like the coked up tryhards that they are have absolutely shat themselves <laughs> over the past week at the prospect of troubled times ahead um bit of a pattern of behavior emerging there but still as long as we keep leaving our entire economic system totally dependent on them i'm sure at some day they'll crack it I, I heard the Dow Jones was low, but most Welshmen I know are depressed anyway. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, Boris Johnson also came out with his uh, most 
serious. I mean, this is interesting because the world is full of kind of clown pseudo leaders who've accidentally got into power, and they're now having to dig out some serious faces <laughs> as politics has been dragged kicking and screaming from its comfort zone of deception and fantasy role playing into the irritating reality of pandemic pandemonium. <laughs> and Boris Johnson warned Britain that people would lose their loved ones before their time. Which is a bit disrespectful, I think, to the tens of thousands of British people who are still dying of other diseases, whom Boris Johnson obviously thinks have had a fair innings and deserve to pop it. Um, At least someone's had a fair innings, Andy. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but Boris Johnson's face did really scream, this is the kind of serious shit that I did not sign up for. <laughs> Well, Farage is quote-tweeting Boris, calling him an ineffectual leader. It's been great on Twitter. Katie Hopkins is quoting that tweet, telling Farage he's useless. So she's quoting a tweet of a tweet of a tweet, which is twatception, I believe. <laughs> or like watching three rats fight in a bin when the bin is on fire. Why am I watching it is probably, is probably a good question. But we're all just going to be on social media now relentlessly when we self-isolate. I'm looking forward to it deeply. Love a flame war. Woo! <laughs> That's a lie. Head of flame war. Apparently, did you know that uh, masturbation makes you uh, helps your immunity? So you, right. y- if you masturbate, that you can ward off various is diseases. Is this from the government? Is this, <laughs> I don't know. Is this the latest government self-isolation <laughs> we, advice, is it? I, think, I don't think that Boris masturbates so much as has unprotected sex and just, you know, knocks women up around the country. Yeah, but he's pretending <laughs> they're not there, so it's the same. <laughs> I... I, I just realised this is why teenage boys think they're invincible. Well, someone someone responded to this news with a gif of like bears dancing saying boys when they hear the news. But that is to assume that girls don't masturbate and it's just it's just less obvious. You don't have the cracked socks when girls do it, but you do have like cuddly toys that have been decimated <laughs> during teenage years. <laughs> a lot of baths. Yeah. A lot of baths. Cuddly took like care bears, turns out they really do care. Like and I don't know how aware um men and boys are of the fact that teenage girls obviously I mean, I've never heard of this. This is just yeah. you do. This is not. It's, it's, very, it's a very British thing, to be fair. Uh, I uh, I talked about it at a show the other night, and it got a, a big laugh of recognition from women in the room. So Alice is trying to extricate herself. Maybe you used a book, Alice. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny because it's true. So many paper cuts. Family show, Andy. Family uh, show. Family, family Calm down. show. God but, knows what family. But. <laughs> But apparently it does boost your immune system. And I was doing shows in Manchester at the weekend that were like 500 people at the early show, 500 at the late show. So they must have all been wankers. Right. Because they looked in rude health. Right. It probably well, it showed does, up on the Richter yeah. scale. I mean, it, I mean, life expectancy back in the 14th century when such things were frowned upon was, what, mid-20s, wasn't it? So obviously there's there's proof <laughs> yeah, since you know, life expectancy around the world has sh- shot up since uh, masturbation was discovered in, uh, I think it was... 1514 was it before Christ or after well after well after well after, oh, well okay. after. Because um, the Victorians used to, if you were depressed as a woman, they believed it was due to hysteria, and you could go into the doctor and they'd frig you off with a big vibrator, yeah. which like which is not fair. Because well, now, NHS. yeah, <laughs> now if I'm not well, I'm going to get Prozac. I want to get frigged off. <laughs> it's not fair. That's one rare time that right. it was actually better back then. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know how it works in America with health insurance. Is that 
Oh, Is it yeah. Covered you, on? I, I don't I don't think you it have was. You to go through your employer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd have to ask Andy, who's technically our boss. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Um, a man made more uncomfortable by the very concept of sex should not have two children. <laughs> China um, uh, appears to have a significantly declining rate of uh, infection and has uh, apparently opened up a robot hospital. Now, this was is clearly where the world is going. That I mean, hu- human doctors uh, notoriously still let a lot of people die, <laughs> whereas the robot doctor, of course, will be totally infallible as robots are. Yeah, there's six different kinds of robo-doctors in this new hospital, which is in Wuchang in Wuhan. Uh, They're going to do all the sort of dirty work, which is nice. It's nice to take that out. Um, And the whole hospital is equipped with 5G 5G Wi-Fi so people can uh, tweet from their deathbeds, which is handy. I'm I'm super excited to see the new... A sitcom, the drama that's set in the new robot hospital, and it's going to be called ERR2D2. Um, <laughs> just the romance, the drama, the complete lack of emotion. <laughs> it's like House, but with robots. Yeah, you don't want a power cut, I would have thought, in a hospital like that. Well, the, the, the fascinating thing about this hospital is that it was set up in less than a week, and the robots were donated by Chinese cloud robotics company Cloud Minds. And the fact that they could, that they had enough robots on standby to set up a hospital in less than a week implies a huge reserve of robots that is <laughs> worrying to me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trust any of them. You've seen those Boston Tech videos, right? You yeah. know, of the advanced robot, the the robot dogs. Yeah, have a thousand. Wo- here, have a thousand robots. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does look increasingly like this planet is no longer viable. So, attention, as always, turns to uh, potential other worlds that we could uh, live on. And some very exciting news uh, has come through recently that astronomers um, have observed a distant planet called Wasp seventy six b where uh, it rains molten iron. I mean, that's not bad. If it, yeah. At least if it rains iron, iron won't rust in the rain. Good point. Yeah, yeah. it'll just get more I- I- irony. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the irony. I mean, it's, it's the perfect planet for, for British people. I'm some real weather to complain about. <laughs> oh, it's bloody raining. That's the last thing my hydrangeas need, molten iron pissing it down. And don't get me starting on the bloody wind. Over 10,000 miles an hour again. I've got through six umbrellas this year, and it's not even the end of f***ing March yet. Um, <laughs> if it's raining iron, um, that's fine. If it also rained vitamin B6, riboflavin, niacin, folic acid, Acid, vitamin D, <laughs> I wouldn't need my cornflakes in the morning. <laughs> I'd be very happy. It just gives a bit of perspective on global warming as well, because this, this planet, uh, um, Wasp 76b, uh, daytime temperature of. What position does he play? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's, one of the, he's an outside centre in one of the junior teams. Um, the uh, daytime temperature is 2,400 degrees Celsius. And, you know, yet here we are on Earth getting our global knickers in a considerable twist about a diddy little two or three degree rise. So, you know. Yeah, sounds like it would be a good good tourist hotspot. I mean, literally a hotspot. A, a year on this planet is only 43 Earth hours long, but a day lasts forever because <laughs> the lazy-ass planet can't be bothered to rotate. <laughs> but... Um, but well, that's a big plus because a 43-hour-long year means there would be an Olympics in Earth terms once a week. It's like and having a toddler. Yeah. Given that Olympics <laughs> last over two weeks, that's 
you know, permanent double Olympics. <laughs> well, you would be so happy there, Andy. It would yeah. just be eternal As, sports. Yeah. Oh, well, it's obviously only, only summer Olympics. It doesn't have the climate <laughs> for giant slalom or curling. Uh, no coronavirus, which doesn't transmit when it gets hotter, of course. That's what people are relying on. Um, and it's Christmas every day, though, because it has, um, uh, it is, you know, days last forever. Right, so, so it's also Valentine's Day every day as well. It is, but the 70s glam rockers wizard who said, <laughs> you know, they wished it could be Christmas every day. That wish is granted on Wasp 76B. <laughs> and it's not quite, I imagine, how they envisaged it. Dear Santa, thanks for the scale electric. Nice idea. Sadly, instantaneously vaporised in the 2,400 degree heat. Uh, any chance of a heat-resistant reindeer onesie? It's got to be functional at 2,500 Celsius. Thanks. P.S. I suppose some snow's out of the f***ing question. I cannot imagine anything worse than Christmas every day. Who wants the drunk aunt vomiting into the kiddie pool for eternity? <laughs> Hostility over Turkey. That's that's my that's my kind of that's my kind of day. I'm into it. That sounds like one of the sandwiches you've been eating in LA. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, it sounds like a very hot planet. You could probably yeah. benefit from from you know drinking some kind of liquid in a glass, maybe half full or something. I don't know. Wrong universe. Half a glass of molten iron. <laughs> Moon news now. Alice, you're the uh, Bugles um, planetary satellite correspondent. Yes, apparently we have got a new moon. We have a we have a new moon that is rotating in the sky. You can't see it. It's about the size of a car. Elon Musk is already looking into sending a car there uh, to park obnoxiously close to the new moon and play Grimes tracks as a tribute to the pending Grimes Musk baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this can... I mean, I don't know philosophically, you know, does it count as a moon... If it's the size of a car, I mean, I mean, you have the Holden Astra, right? That's right. that's the size of a star, right? But only if the star is the size of a car. <laughs> it's getting very philosophical. Now. I'm I'm worried that two moons will mean more periods. <laughs> <laughs> that's my main concern about the two moon scenario. Extra tides, more periods. Yeah, more crying. Twenty. 20, 28 days more of <laughs> so it'd be every 14 days it'd be every two weeks that you know the more hydrated you are the more you are in tune with the moon oh really because the water in your body moves with the moon the moon water I was just doing some unrelated water related research <laughs> <laughs> for a different project don't worry about it <laughs> moon water does sound like a great fragrance for you to release though <laughs> <laughs> or a very bad euphemism for something else <laughs> <laughs> Family, <laughs> I mean, oh. Tiff and I are a really bad combo. I'm, I'm, I'm realising that on a sentence-by-sentence sentence basis. <laughs> we have a gra- gravitational pull towards the gutter. <laughs> it does, does. I mean, I do worry about this this new micro moon that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have to rewrite history, basically. Aren't we? Yeah, you know, Neil Little Armstrong. Moonlit. Neil Armstrong was the first first human on the larger of the two moons. We have to, you know, it's not just the first on the moon. The first on a moon. The first on one of our two moons. Now there's a race to get uh, people to the tiny moon. To the tiny moon. moon. Imagine. Yep. Is it going to be moon two? If there's, if there's more than four of them, one of them going to have to ride in the moon boot. Yep. <laughs> moon two Tokyo Drift. <laughs> what? Moon the sequel? But, but Buzz Aldrin's still alive, isn't he? So, I mean, this could be his chance. This could be finally his chance. Get Fun. off the silver medal step onto the gold. Fire him into space. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> This week in in Britain, the uh, the new Chancellor of the Exchequer 
uh, Rishi Sunak uh, issued the government's first budget since the general election. Um, and, um, well, it appears that after seeing off the Conservatives, they've uncorked a hard left spend, spend, spend budget um, in a desperate effort to camouflage the 10 years of devastation that they have uh, inflicted on, on Britain. Strange times, but... Uh, very excitingly, particularly in the context of what uh, how this episode has gone, um, the government <laughs> is planning to finally scrap the tampon tax, um, the tax on uh, on the, the luxuries that you ladies get to enjoy that us men aren't really, Woo, allowed, we're not really allowed to right use. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even on the rag. You're going to take full advantage of this. Uh, well, this, yeah, well, if the price comes down, I might start buying them. It does take some of the glamour out of it, though. Before, yeah. you know, they were a luxury product, they yeah, were yeah. categorised as a luxury, and it just made special. you feel a bit yeah, yeah. special, you know? <laughs> uh, but well, now, not that, cheapest well, chips. They, I don't believe they were luxury, because then there would have been Dolce & Gabbana with wings. <laughs> and, I, you know, imagine you're going into the toilets, yeah. and you're like, what are you wearing? Yeah, i got a Burberry. <laughs> <laughs> got a Burberry up there, mate. Um yeah, so we're we're scrapping the 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 tampon tax, which was supposed to happen, um, I think, about four years ago, five years ago. Um, or which seems late in itself, because you'd have thought that it would happen as soon as anyone had noticed that it came into existence. <laughs> but there was a bit of delay. As yeah. In the case. Well, apparently, this tax is going to save every woman in Britain approximately forty-three pounds a year, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot. But if you think about it as a whole part of the budget, there's also now been calls for the government to pay that money back, perhaps to something that would be nice for women uh, flowers or whatever women like <laughs> film producers that aren't <laughs> rapists um. <laughs> you could fund a whole film producer for a whole year with the money that they've saved. well we we haven't gone actually sorry it depends on how much you've got on this because no, i'll you do, go do oh, Scottish Scottish Warfare. Warfare. okay uh we i don't think we've gone far enough because um because actually in Scotland uh, they've made sanitary products free in a bid to tackle uh, period poverty. Obviously because it's in Scotland I'm not the best person to explain this so um, <laughs> so I have got Scottish boyfriend explains a hang period poverty. So the government has finally scrapped the tax on disposable menstrual products and it's about time. Calling tampons luxury items then taxing them suggests that menstruating is a conscious decision based on self-care like going for a manicure. Aye, pampering yourself, are ya? Aye, I thought I'd maybe spend a few days in pain shedding my uterine lining then shove this cotton wool up my chaff <laughs> and just chill out, you know? Bit of me time. <laughs> Again, Christ, you're good to yourself, hen. Menstruation <laughs> isn't your choice and didn't you forget if it didn't happen, none of us would even be here. So to be forced to pay for the privilege is bad enough. The only thing worse than having to pay for a bodily function is being taxed for it. Which is why it's great the tax has been scrapped, but up in Scotland, we've gone one step further. In an effort to eradicate period poverty, the Scottish government is to provide free menstrual products to women of all ages. Get it up, yeah, literally. <laughs> a cornucopia of clunge bullets of every magnitude. <laughs> Uh, are to be free for all. No longer will women who are financially struggling have to improvise their fanny ammo or shoplift bumper clarts. A huge what? step forward. We have some subtitles. <laughs> a, few, a huge step forward. Hopefully the next step is the use of non-euphemistic language when describing the products. Sanitary products being a term is a problem as it suggests a natural bodily function is unsanitary. 
either call it the disposable menstrual product section or change the sign above the toilet aisle to horrible unsanitary big smelly shit wiping paper that you wipe actual shit off your sticking arsehole with aisle <laughs> I always find it uh, shocking when people are disgusted and this is for you listener if you are disgusted by the very discussion of sort of uterine lining or interior redecoration as I like to call it um, <laughs> you wore that shit as a hat for nine months like <laughs> calm down yeah yeah. Yep. Chill out, chill Pre- out. Hopefully pre-birth. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drinks news now. Um, Alice, you're the uh, Bugles uh, energy and uh, carbonated drinks correspondent. Um, uh, some uh, massive news from the uh, energy drinks industry. Yes, indeed. PepsiCo is planning to purchase Rockstar Energy Drinks for $3.85 billion. Pepsi, as you know, has been sinking into relative obscurity in most English-speaking countries since the cola wars of the 1690s or the 1960s or whenever they were fighting. Uh, but now Pepsi plans on taking back a chunk of market share by expanding into this energy drinks market. You might think caffeinated drinks like colas were already energy drinks, but I'm here to tell you that if you thought that, you're an idiot. Idiot who doesn't know anything about anything. Uh, Rockstar energy drinks have more caffeine and more other sort of vibing chemicals, and if you drink too many of them, you smell like plastic. I know that from traveling in a car with Brendan Burns. Um, (laughs) If you drink enough energy drinks, they'll give you heart palpitations. If you mix them with alcohol, they'll keep you upright long after your self preservation instinct would have rendered you too unconscious to make good, bad decisions anymore. Uh, They're therefore the primary choice for young people who don't have access to cocaine. They're a good stepping stone up to cocaine or down from cocaine because they're basically cocaine but with more sugar unless someone has cut your cocaine with sugar which is excitingly the original recipe for cola drinks <laughs> what fun i mean energy drinks it's an extraordinarily uh, valuable market they've uh, filled the gap over the last what 25 30 years that used to be catered for by for example sleep a proper work-life balance and nutrition um <laughs> but uh, the likes of uh, of red bull have stepped into that now i was looking at uh, red bull of course the energy drink made by vaporizing a live bull in a nuclear <laughs> reactor and condensing the dead creature's <laughs> gaseous remains back into a liquid um it's not ve- that is not vegan friendly it's naturally carbonated of course because they only vaporize the outgoing or bubbly bulls um they sold one million cans a year in 1987 uh, or the late 80s, uh, early in their their, uh, their existence, toddled along selling uh, not that many, until around about 1993 they started expanding internationally. And what does that coincide with? The release of the Bon Jovi song, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. Ooh, also the end I'm of alive. apartheid. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's always different ways of interpreting history. I'll live when I'm alive and I'll sleep when I'm dead. Said, and I'll be uh, racist when I'm drunk. Said Bon Jovi. That was not, not, not an official lyric of that song. Um, now, Red Bull sells 7.5 billion cans a year. Clearly, Bon Jovi sparked... You know, he, he's, su- he's such a global influencer, Bon Jovi, that people thought, well... Uh, you know, I, I can no, I no longer need to sleep because my spiritual guru Bon Jovi has <laughs> said there's time for that post mortem. But interestingly, you know, not only has energy drinks gone up, but more people are dead now than at any point in human history. <laughs> so you can read into that what you want. I think I think Bon Jovi was fine with it because he's wanted dead or alive. Well, exactly. So for him, he's kind of like yeah. Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, many many people have said that. <laughs> and, um, I know. 
makes that makes Richie Sambora one of Aristotle's hedgehog or something. Um, <laughs> yes, Bon Jovi very famously is older brother Bon Bon Jovi, the sweeter Jovi. <laughs> um, coincidentally, whilst energy drinks have gone up, mattress sales over the same period have collapsed by ninety eight percent. That's a lie, but it does explain why mattress companies <laughs> advertise on podcasts and energy drinks companies own a range of major sports franchises and turn over billions of dollars a year. Bon Jovi has got a lot to answer for, that's what I'm saying. You can't drink a mattress a day. <laughs> oh, my mum my actually thought matricide was death from being pushed off a bed. <laughs> I nearly strangled her. <laughs> that is a very old joke of mine. That's a good, that's joke. A that's very, a good very joke. Old joke of mine. Memory phone. <laughs> I'm interested in the fact that... The, Coca-Cola was originally sort of cocaine heavy in its recipe because I just like to imagine all the Gold Rush era guys coked up <laughs> talking about what nuggets they got that day and how they should all go into business with each other because I got a nugget, you got a nugget, baby, together we'll get lots of nuggets, open up a bank. <laughs> <laughs> it's like time travel. Um, <laughs> Such um, a good actor, Tia. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of uh, this week's Bugle. Um, well, as discussed, not really much to plug, to be honest. Um, <laughs> the Bugle show in Norwich on the 4th of April is currently still scheduled to go ahead, but whether that remains the case, I'm not sure. We will keep you updated via the uh, uh, Twitter feed and future uh, future podcasts. Um, and you can plug non, non-live shows. Um, I can plug my probably cancelled show on <laughs> on uh, Sunday in New York and my probably cancelled Monday show. Or actually, I'm plugging my Vimeo. That's what I'm doing. I've got a special on Vimeo uh, called Madman. You can download it for a fiver. And I think if you want to support um, you know, performers and artists when this is happening, buy some merch, download their specials. I think I shared both of yours as well. Alice has one on Amazon. Yeah, I'd forgotten yeah. I did one, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> You're on it's still available, is it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're on Go Faster Stripe. Right. So, you know, you can fling a fiver to everyone yeah. uh, virtually by buying those. Yes, I have a trilogy of podcasts available for free on podcasts. It's called the Alice Fraser Trilogy. My Amazon special of Savage, uh, which is a solo show, is coming out on the 19th of April on Amazon Prime. I also have The Resistance up on Amazon Prime. So that'll be two for uh, your Amazon Prime subscription. Or you can sign up to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser at the $5 level and you'll get... Uh, Ethos and The Resistance, which are two of my one-hour specials uh, for free with that subscription. So not for free, for two and a half pounds each. <laughs> you can unsign at the end of the month if you want to be a c*** about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much uh, for, for listening to The Bugle. We'll be back next week, even if I have to record it in my shed. Oh, also the last post. Oh, yes, the last post. <laughs> yeah, let's plug that. That's a podcast. It happens every day. Uh, it's a it's a podcast that's being done by another Alice Fraser, um, but it appears in my email inbox every morning, and I put it up to take credit for her. So, work. do we know yet where it's coming from? It's a, presumably a parallel dimension right. that's quite close to our own. But okay, um, so yeah. it's one sort of diverged. I'm occasionally sending her emails because obviously I'd prefer to have her permission to put up this content uh, given that we have a very similar voice and I'm taking credit for everything that she does. It's very similar to the plot of Carl Sagan's Contact. (laughs) Just saying, guys. (laughs) Um, We'll be back next week even if it's me in a shed talking to myself, putting on a silly voice pretending to be my own (laughs) co-host. The Bugle will outdo this virus. (laughs) You can't catch it through headphones. Remember that, Buglis. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. 
Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs>